This is Comictating, the comic book review arm of the Nerdables family of podcasts. Let the nerds take over! Us? Huh? What's up, comic book fans? Welcome back to the latest issue of... Latest issue? Well, it could be an issue. Maybe we could call it's it a comedy, yeah. I think, I think I started calling issues when we first started. Yeah. And then I think that just went by the wayside. We just no, went no, to no conventions. No uh, it's the latest issue of Comic Dating. I'm joined, as always, by my partner, Sebastian, as we go through this week's books and tell you what's good, tell you what you should be looking out for in the rack. There's a lot of Marvel this week. Got a big stack of Marvel. Big stack of Marvel and one image, image book. I thought it was Image, but I wasn't sure. It's, not, it's good. There's a lot of companies. that you're, Now you're not sure. You're like, is it Oni? Is it Boom? Is it Dark Horse? Everybody's stepping up their game, which is much appreciated. Yeah. Uh, but Mar- yeah, Marvel released a number of number ones, a number of number ones this week. Uh, two from the X Men universe, and then two from the Street Heroes, and then we also have the Image Book Rose that we'll talk about at the end. Uh, we're gonna start with Weapon X. Weapon X number one is a part of the Resurrection event. It is a new book with Old Man Logan and Sabretooth and Domino and Lady Deathstrike Warpath. It was billed as like these are the most dangerous mutants that are out there. It's kind of a X-Force, I guess, right? in right. a way. Uh, Greg Pak doing the writing, Greg Land doing the penciling, uh, Jay Leaston doing the inking. Um, Greg Pak, of course, brings with him some, I don't want to say baggage, but maybe baggage. It's probably the best way to talk about it. Um, someone who I think takes a lot of heat for, for his art, uh, justifiably or unjustifiably so. Someone who was a superstar for, for a while, and then people just kind of turned on him. Uh, but it's not it's not too bad in here. You're thinking of Greg Land. Yeah, this is Greg Land. You said Greg Pack. Well, Greg Pack wrote it. Yes. Did I say Greg Land's art? Yeah. Or Greg Pack's you art? say Greg Pack's art. All right. Well, whoever did the art. Greg Land did the art. So, I love Greg Pack. Greg Pack's awesome. He made action comics good when nobody else was able to do it. Uh, anyway, so, yeah, Greg Land, like I said, uh, he's taking a little heat over the years for his art. He's been accused of being a tracer, not having energy, yada, yada, yada. Um, through here, I didn't really get that. I don't know if you did. No, no, not in particular. Way. I immediately recognized his art style. Yeah, he definitely has a he has a definite art style. Um, some of his early, early stuff doesn't look anything yeah, like it. But once you, got to, once you got to Birds of Prey, it was really, really good. And then, yeah. Yeah, when he was doing Uncanny... He, he uses took... a lot of photo reference. And there's a few scenes yeah. in the book where it was a little more clear than others, but I think that they've done a really good job regardless. Yeah, I think the the, the telling piece... We have uh, Old Man Logan in the woods, and there, there's two hikers that run across him. And, of course, they prove to be something other than what they appear to be. They're two exo-robot Terminator... Lady Deathstrike-ish Yeah, robots. Lady Deathstrike's that, that, that fight him. So the action sequences through here... Not bad at all. Um, the transformative pieces are good, piece by piece. Yeah. Um, really creepy because, like, their skin breaks away yeah. as they sort of unfold their robotiness. Robotiness. I like that. Uh, and then, yeah, when they move and, 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 you know, Logan through the fight sequences, again, definitely it's got more energy than I think people have given him credit for in the past. Um, yeah, like uh, there's a scene where Wolverine's in the back to tank, and it kind of looks like Triple H again. So he's done, you know, a few, a few. Familiar... I don't think it's supposed to be Wolverine. That's supposed to be Sabretooth. Sabretooth. Yeah. A few familiar faces. Uh, yeah, I mean there. that's that's the probably the if if you want to give a criticism of, especially with his women, his women all kind of look the same. They're all the facial frequency sequences sequences features. That's what I'm looking for. I don't know what facial frequencies is. Uh, facial features of the women, especially, are kind of the same throughout and so this this book isn't going to discount that as there's very few women in it um but yeah it's, it's kind of the, the the standard piece of 
some organization is trying to find or, or trying to you know get DNA or what have you gather all from, the Weapon X. Yeah, all the Weapon X people. I mean, obviously a lot of these people have been through it. Like Death Strike's been through it. Yeah, Creed's been through it. Logan's been Domino. through it. Domino's been a part of. Uh, she wasn't a part of Weapon X, I don't think. I know Warpath was. I don't remember if Domino was. I know she was in the six pack with Cable for the longest time, in terms of the, you know, special forces groups and all that jazz. But um, it's uh, it, it's fairly quick and straightforward in that it's just an action heavy book. There's not a yes. lot of uh, the the exposition, as I said, is very easy to to just say. There's a group they're chasing after Logan. They have some of the other characters that you see on on the cover. Lady Deathstrike's been is being held. And then we see that Warpath and Domino are supposed to be there as well. Right. Dan, if you're a fan of that kind of book, that, that again, the feel of that 90s that they're headed back to, and we'll talk about it more when we get to X-Men Blue next and X-Men Gold last week, this is not necessarily the bombastic craziness of the 90s, but that basic core of, like, really quick, really bam, 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 action-heavy right. uh, Weapon X is going gonna, is gonna to satisfy you. It's nice to see yeah. Creed again. The one thing with this that I'll say is I don't, I haven't seen Creed since the end of Axis when he turns into a good guy. Oh, right, yeah. He's been on point. a really long time. It doesn't seem here... It's kind of like he's kind of in the middle because he, he immediately attacks Logan, old man Logan. Um, the Logan in the book is, yes, the old man Logan from, from the Secret Wars universe. Um, he immediately attacks him, but it's not like he's the villain villain, the super villain, murderous villain. I mean, he seems more put together. Right. So I don't know if that, that effect is still on him or he's just kind of towing that gray line now that they've done in the past as well. But that's probably the only thing that if you've been reading for a while, you read Axis, you know what the end of Axis is. He's an X-Men for a little while, and then he kind of... I think he's an extraordinary. Or is he an extraordinary? Maybe he's all new. Maybe he's an all new. But having not finished that, I'm not sure where he's actually at at the moment. But... Um, so yeah, Weapon X again. If you're a fan of those ninety books, if you're right. fan if you're of a uh, big action, because most of the exposition doesn't come until halfway through, and then you get the very yeah. end with the end conversation. So it's it's it, it's heavy on the action, especially at the beginning. It's and it, you know take it take it or leave it. The Greg Land knows how to do his work. Yeah. He knows how to be consistent. He knows how to get his books out on time, and he knows how to make a book looks good. And uh, he's even got a great colorist on the book that makes it you know nice yeah. and vibrant. So. I, I've got I've got uh, no real complaints. Very action heavy, and Wolverine is the kind of character that needs a good action book. Yeah, no real complaints is the highest praise that Sebastian ever gives. Uh, <laughs> I like that. Uh, continuing the resurrection theme, we talked about X Men Gold number one last week, and then a lot of people talked about it oh, over boy. the weekend. Um, X Men Blue number one, written by Cullen Bunn, artists Jorge Molina and Matteo Bafagnini. Bafagnini. Agnini. Marvel's hiring a yeah, lot I'm of sorry. guys from Europe, man. <laughs> yeah, we've definitely been. I've I've, I've mangled some names over the last many, year many that we've been doing this. Yeah, yeah. it's one of the one of the times. There's like even I'm not quite yeah. sure. So um, we have a double sized book. It's got two stories in it. The X Men Blue Team is the original X Men, the ones that Beast pulled out of time all the way back in the Marvel Now phase in 2012. So we have Jean Grey, Scott Summers, Warren Worthington, Hank McCoy, and Bobby Drake. Uh their younger selves, the younger versions of them as a team. They are, they're hitting a, a, a yacht full of hostages, apparently, and a mutant, and the mutant turns out to be Black Tom Cassidy, who was a really big fan of Batman Beyond, apparently. Uh, his suit seems to have that yes, Batman Beyond red. Almost the, almost the Batman Beyond logo. Yeah. I thought, it was like, it's like, wait a minute, he's even got the, uh, he's got a nice red belt. Yep. 
He knows yes, how to it's color really, it's really in it. Blackstone Cassidy again, a, a, a longtime X Men villain that they haven't used in a long time, and of course he's best friends with a certain Kane Marco, who of course is going to be is showing up right behind it. The real intrigue is, uh, you know, if you've seen the the promo work for it, you kind of know who their boss is. But if you haven't, I'm not going to spoil it for you. But that's who you see at the end. Um, again, a solid book that moves very very quickly. Yes. Um, a lot of the dialogue in it is is how these characters are kind of still interacting with each other. Hank and Scott seem to still have a, a big problem with one another. Marvigal's in charge of the team instead of Scott, which bugs me. I just one of those th- again, it's it's sort of if you want to go back to basics, go back to what you had as the basics. And the basics right, are right. Scott was the leader of the X-Men and there was a reason that he was. I don't want to change Scott as the leader of the X-Men simply because, well, we want to change Scott as leader of the X-Men because that's what we want to do. You haven't given me any reason for it. There's no reason why this Scott shouldn't be right. the leader of it in terms of where he's at and the experiences he's had. He actually has more experience than he would have had he stayed in the quote-unquote 60s. Right. And it's, the it's, past. it's that weird uh, where they're trying to justify some of the changes by going, well, they're younger and this and that. But then they also go, but... Yeah, Gene, Gene should have... I mean, Gene's good, but it's just... Write Scott as the leader and give him that natural leadership. And you can see it in a couple of places in here that I really like. But now, because of the way they screwed up adult Scott, if you want to, there's still uh, there's still like that that stigma with him. And it seems like it's carried over into his younger self with the way not only Juggernaut t- treats him, but the way Hank treats him as well. There's always been internal conflict in terms of the X-Men. It's just a sense of where it's coming from. Um, it's not bad. I'm hoping that it develops in 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 a good way. His relationship with Gene seems to be a lot better. Yes, it's not as yeah. it's not as uh, awkward as Bendis had it in in the X Men and the Uncanny X Men books when they had those. So it's nice to kind of see that reestablish itself to to a degree. The kind of tete a tete that they have, the will they or won't they? Um, the interesting thing to me is actually the backup story. Uh, it's a Wendigo yeah. story in the northern in, in the wilderness. Wendigo runs up against a character who is unnamed, who looks somewhat familiar, but we don't know exactly who he is. Right, and we're not sure if it it's takes got a place. Grizzly Adams, yeah. look to him. We don't know if it takes place in the past. If it takes place currently, it doesn't say anything about. Take it says meanwhile, so I'm assuming it's at the same time. So this introduces a character that's going to get people talking. Um, yes, uh, in terms of who is he, why is he, what is he. Why does he where, look the way who, he does? Why, why, who, why, where, how? Um, all the questions that John and Travolta used to ask on Welcome Back, Cotter. Who, where, why, how? Um, so that actually was the intriguing part to me was the second story as much as the other. And it's, and it's gorgeous. I love this. Oh, I love it's this absolutely art. beautiful. Yeah. Not that the first part isn't. They're, they're two really good artists in this book. I enjoyed this art more than um, the Siaf art from last week, but that not only because of the other reasons. Uh, but I've always been a big Jorge Molina fan. Uh, so, yeah, Mateo, I'm, I'm so mad that Mateo, Mateo, I've screwed up his last name over and over again because I really like his art. So, Mateo, if you're listening, I'm a sorry. fan. I'm sorry I, kill, I killed your last name. Um, but, yeah, so definitely the the, the a, a good book. Again, if you're an X-Men fan, if you're looking at sort of thing, if you've been away from the X-Men, right. pick up Prime Gold and Blue. Yeah, they're really, can, really trying to trying gold. to get you back. Yeah, if you're trying, if you can find gold, if but they're really, gold. really trying to get back that core X Men audience. Yeah, and someone from me that that grew up with. I mean, I was Uncanny two seventy five was my first X Men book, and then six months later was the X, the the you know the X Men Revolution of X Men one and two eighty one yep. and X Force one and everything. So this is kind of this is this is my wheelhouse, and it's got a modern take to it, but you can tell that 
these guys have been reading those books in a way and just picking out the pieces that seem to work. Yeah, trying to figure out them, the story flow. Yeah, and give it a, a modern sensibility as well. So that's X-Men Blue. And I love the costumes in X-Men. Yeah, the, the costumes are nice. They're nice and simple. Yeah. They didn't go too crazy uh, with them. So we move on from the X-Men to another team, Black Panther and the crew number one. This is uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates as the writer, Butch Juice as the penciler. That's why it looks so good. Oh, it's great. There we go. Yeah. I was trying. I was like, boy, this looks familiar. And I forgot to look at the credits when I was reading it. This way. Yes. Yeah, so Butch Juice. So you know you got some talent there. Of course, Ta-Nehisi Coates has been doing Black Panther for a year and a half now, I think. Um, the regular titles. Yeah, just about. Yeah. Um, there's, of course, the World of Wakanda book that has like short stories in it. So this is kind of like the American side, I guess, of Black Panther. So we have Black Panther and the crew. Prominent cover, Black Panther, Luke Cage. I don't know who that gentleman is. Storm and Misty Knight in color in the front. That should be a clue to you. Oh, Manifold, I guess is his name. Yeah, Featuring Misty Knight, Storm, Luke Cage, and Manifold. Oh, yes, yes. He's got the the teleportation powers and stuff like that. And, of course, uh, Black Panther and the crew. Um, Nobody but Misty and Storm show up in this book. (laughs) Right, and then, a yeah, Black so Panther book does a, not have Black Panther a, in it. A bit of a heads up that uh, that Black Panther is not the lead on this book, but don't let that deter you from picking up the book. I really, really enjoyed the book. I think that they handled both halves of things like the Black Lives Matter movement and uh, dealing with the police, especially in the inner city. It's got Misty Knight trying to figure out the case of. Uh, an African American man who was arrested and ends up dying while he's being held uh, in a cell, and I really, really enjoy that. They're not trying to to they're trying to paint her as being someone who's sort of in between this as someone who is a detective, someone who's lived the life of a police officer, but is also part of a community that is that is currently suffering. And I don't feel like they're really trying to you know smash you in the face with a sledgehammer with uh, overt messages of. Uh, police are evil or the black lives matter movement have an agenda they're telling a really really good story sort of in that classic marvel tradition of you know let's get a good story that deals with social issues out there and let's try and make it work within the context of a story with characters that fit right in and instead of trying to change the marvel universe to fit the social story that's going on yeah the background is the background that's there and and it's prevailing enough and i think part of it is having someone like like Coates being able to speak to this he's in this culture yes yeah um so there's more of a, an authority to it to a certain degree and yes he he doesn't it doesn't you know punch you in the face it's a part of this bigger mystery as to what's going on right. and it helps that misty is the main character because she has her background as law enforcement so she's always kind of on that side to try and you know, she's always on the side of truth and justice but she also knows the the black and white picture that both sides seem to present is not one that she subscribes to. It's always there's something, gray area. yeah. There's something else going on in here. Um, there's cool gangster stuff in the beginning. Uh, yeah, it's really well done. Uh, Misty Knight was kind of the, the breakout character for um, for, for Cage. Cage. So I think, like I told you before we started recording, it feels like this is a way to get a Misty Knight book out there without it right. being, without right. putting Misty Knight in the title. You put Black Panther and have people pick it up. And the quality of the book and the fact that, you know, it's the same writer as as Black Panther. Black Panther fans, I think, if they follow this, are, are going to enjoy this oh, yeah. as well. Oh, yeah. And it's almost better in a sense that if you're reading Black Panther, you're getting your Black Panther. If you're reading Black Panther and the crew, you're not reading a second book about T'Challa. You have right. a book that, for the very first issue at least, only features Misty Knight and Storm. Um, 
And so you're not like over overburdened with well, not overburdened, but you know, there's not too much Black Panther in, in right. your life sort of thing. Um, no, they did a. I think this did a fantastic job, and I think this is. Uh, I think especially when people talk about handling social issues in a medium like comics, you know, the there are there are ways to handle it that make it really really engaging and can get an audience that may not know too much about it. Yeah, because to some of the a- to actually to actually take in the story that's going on, and I really really thought that this was incredibly well handled. Because there's some fantastical elements to it. Yes, yeah. In, it's in, in the terms world of the, the Marvel universe. Yeah, the Americops, the, the yeah, robot there's, there's cops robot that have police been shown, officers. I think that started in uh, Sam Wilson. I think was right. the first one they had those in 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 the, in the, the, the. So there's when you have the Americops there, you can kind of ascribe to it. It's it's a uh, a couple of issues ago, Gwenpool and Champions. Where yeah, yeah. they're facing, uh, you know, this mob or whatever, and Gwenpool's insisting that they must be controlled by some evil entity because people just aren't like this, and they're trying to tell them, yes, people are like this. You know, they the, they're racist, they're hateful, they're all of this, and she's like, no, it's got to be something, and they find out it is like the Psycho Man or whatever, and it's like, how did how is she right? And she's and it was a weird sort of flip on that book going. Sometimes it is, in, at least in the Marvel universe, sometimes these terrible people that are doing terrible things are being controlled by people who are even terrible. Right. To have the Americops there kind of gives you the idea that... They are a really good stand-in for yeah. real police officers who yeah. engage in dubious behavior. I Again, I like characters like Misty Knight and Black Panther and Storm and Luke Cage, and I hope to see more of them in this book. Especially... I really like Storm, so I'm really, I'm really excited to see her in this as well. Yeah. No, uh, solid. So we're going to go uh, pretty much a completely 180. We have uh, Deadpool versus the Punisher, Fred Van Linte, and uh, 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 Pierre, per- is it Pierre? Per- Pierre Perez? P-E-R-E Perez? Perez? Yep. yep. It is. I'll go with that. Um, it's pretty much just in the title, Deadpool versus the Punisher. Uh, the the thing that I love about this is this. The, it opens in this... Bar, uh, what, what would you what would you call this? A gaming house, yeah, casino, it's a, something. It's a, it's a it's an underworld gambling house. Yeah, where they gamble on the the fights Super that are in the real fights. fights in the Marvel uni- in the Marvel universe, and it, you know it's got stuff like you're showing the screens, and it's Miss Marvel versus like a robot thing, and you know it says Captain Mary, the the chick. Robot versus robot of some kind, and then odds and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, so they, like it's uh like they have the Mac Gargan Scorpion fighting uh Spider Man. Yeah, and it's a Spider Man original, probably. <laughs> right, because they don't even know. They're um, not even sure who Spider Man is. It's not like that little joke at sort of the constant changing of the mantle in yeah. the Marvel universe that goes on. The idea that there's like ten Spider Man running around. Um. So yeah, and, and it's a it's a neutral place. Everyone's got to give up their guns. And of course, the Punisher is in there, and he, he uses the guns. He's taken. Take he's, he's in charge of the yeah. locker. And it's hilarious. <laughs> Once he starts doing the Punisher thing that that he does, he's he he. It's it's just really, really, really good. Um, from there, we get to basically the monitor, money laundering person in the bank. Wade Wilson is there. They're friends. The Punisher comes from him, and you know, hilarity and action ensues. ensues with a really, really good hook to get Deadpool to target the Punisher as his next victim. Yeah, and the Punisher as well to kind of go through, you know, what he's doing. There's almost nothing to talk about it except this is awesome. Yeah, if you like Deadpool or you like the Punisher, I think you're gonna love this. They both it's, feel really on yeah. point. There's in this so book. much Deadpool that's out. And it's a shame because I think sometimes the books like this get lost. Yeah. 
Deadpool is a character that should have like a main series and then an occasional mini series. Well, like just this. like the Deadpool Plus, where it's just you can rotate every couple of issues, yeah. but to have Deadpool versus the Punisher and then Deadpool and the Mercs for Money, or or what have you. Is Declan Shavely and Jordy Belair's uh, cover of the uh, the playing card up and down, which I think they did for Daredevil versus the Punisher too. Yeah, I think there's something very much or like Bullseye this. versus or Daredevil. Bullseye or, or versus Bullseye Daredevil. versus uh, Deadpool. Yeah, um, I, I I loved this a lot. I laughed a lot through this, especially that beginning with uh with frank so it was really good yeah i, 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 I had a lot of fun especially that opening sequence is so yeah. great where you're looking at all the fights going on and i love their leaderboard yeah i like that it's something different i mean for as many yeah. times as you've seen these kind of things to, to have something like that there's still some ideas out there that can be tweaked and and you kind of get a chuckle and a, oh yeah okay yeah, yeah i get that why would the punisher fight uh deadpool well i can understand why the punisher would fight deadpool but why would deadpool fight the punisher and now we know why and now we know why and, and it, know. That's a, it was a, a very very good hook i actually really yeah. it, cause it was one of those moments that they they did remove the humor from from sort of the impetus of why yeah. deadpool is hunting down the punisher and uh, it worked really well that brings us to our final book, our only non-Marvel book this week, Meredith Finch and Iguera's uh, Rose. I like this a lot. The, yeah, it's gorgeous. Sword and sorcery books. Yeah, you, it's you. a it's a it's a magic and swords and sandals and magics and sorcery and and you know the fantasy realm of these magical guardians that live in this land, and then eventually they disappear and it's taken over by. And you know, great evil rose that that destroys the king and takes over this this war, this land, this world, and then new years later, yeah, and they hunt down magic. The new yeah, guardians. magic is illegal. Uh, they hunt down anyone who seems to have magic powers and kill them immediately as a child. Again, tropes of this type of stuff, but when it looks this gorgeous and it feels this good, and it flows this nicely, yeah, it flows very well. She kind of you know falls into a group of of wanderers. Um, it's got that fairy tale esque feel to it. Very, very, yeah, it's very a good well way done. Yeah, it's a, it's kind of like a, a hard fairy tale. Yeah, I mean, there's, yeah. There's a bad word in it somewhere. Um, it's, it's got fairly it's got violent, good narration. So, yeah. Um, it's funny. When I first saw it, I was like, "Is this Rose from Bone? Didn't they already do that one?" Um, but no, this is uh, Meredith Finch, of course, wife of David Finch. Uh, she wrote Wonder Woman for for, last, for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, the last end there. Uh, so she's got some chops in terms of this. Um, and I feel like I feel like this book has a has a really really strong voice to it, and of course, you know, being an indie book, that gives you sort of free reign to do what you like, and this is really really good. Yeah, really enjoyed. I like the design of the the evil rose queen here as much as she's, you know, super sexified, but she's got control over the people that are, that she, uh, you know, she's commanding this 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 just hulking brute of a man. Um, but that's not her on the cover. Very weird. The cover, the cover person is not in the book, uh, much like Black Panther. Um, unless it must be her. Unless it's the elderly woman we encounter. Yeah. So, and pretty. Uh, I feel like run out of stuff to say. I'm just at a point where I'm like, it's good. What do you want? It's re- yeah, I know it's really, really good. The art's beautiful. It all works out really nice. Actually, it's it kind of looks get, like Silver get, Sable. Yeah, it's got that look to it a little bit. Um, it's more of just pointing out some of the stuff that we pointed. Something like Deadpool, Punisher. Or Rose, or even Black Panther and the crew. When you have a week like this, where we have like six number ones, and I think there's two others that are there too. Uh, Godhead, I think, is is new this week, and I think there's one more that was that was in the stack. But we decided to go with these. 
We just want to make sure these don't get lost in the shuffle. The Deadpool versus Punisher one is one of those that, you know, whether you, you pick it up now or, or I'm sure it's a miniseries at some point, there'll be a trade for it. But right. that's the kind of stuff that, you know, it doesn't have the full weight of a event like Resurrection behind it or a movie. There's no Deadpool or Punisher movie at the moment uh, that they're, they're promoting and stuff like that. You just don't want to get that stuff lost in the shuffle. So that's kind of like why we want to look at these kind of books and get out there. And hopefully you guys and gals that are listening gals who says gals um that are listening you know may listen to something and say i, I would have never found rose on on the racks of my local shop if you guys hadn't mentioned it to at least flip through it and take a look at it or deadpool versus punisher black panther and the crew when when you look at it and go, i don't know if black panther's in this book and then also you know if you're hesitant to try something like weapon x or x-men blue because you're just tired of these relaunches and whatever i mean sometimes these work and he said, especially for something like X-Men Blue, I think is a great start. Some of the Weapon X, if you know what you're looking for and you're interested in those kind of characters, that's going to help you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely, a, you know, if you liked X-Force or any of the incarnations of X-Force since Remenders, that kind of looks like where that book is going to go. Yeah, especially, and especially after Old Man Logan, too, which has yeah. still got a lot of legs on it. Old and if you're looking... Old Man Logan. So, if, yeah, if you're, looking for, if you're looking for more Old Man Logan goodness, then... And you get a, and you get everybody else. Yeah, exactly. You get, uh, get to know a little bit more about the Weapon X program. Weapon X. So I think that's going to finish it up for this week. Um, if you're listening to this, you're probably a comic book fan. I encourage you to check out our Nerdables uh, podcast for this week. It's like Taste My Sweet Sauce or something. I don't even remember where it's from. The titles just come out from nowhere. But um, the crew there, mostly me through the middle, is very comic-centric, speaking about David Gabriel's comments. Uh, in the ICV interview and also the controversy with X-Men Gold number one, things that I'm not going to cover here because we cover them very in-depth there. It's a long episode because we skipped a week. It's two hours. Um, the end of it is pretty much me just... <laughs> Rich says, okay, we're going to wrap it up, and then I talk for another 10 minutes, which is normal. Um, but yes, if you're a comic book fan, I would say uh, check out that episode. It's very comic-heavy in the middle in terms of the, the kind of controversies and and news that have happened over the weekend here. Um, so, uh, you know, if you're, you're listening to us and you're not listening to the main Nerdables podcast, we encourage you to check out, check it out every week, but especially this week as it is very comic book heavy. Uh, and I think that should do it. I know Sebastian has anything else he wants to say. No, no, we got oh, some we solid go. books this week. A lot of Marvel. A lot uh, of Marvel. A lot of Marvel this week. It's good. Yep. Good. It's good stuff. So that's going to wrap it up for us. Uh, for my partner, Sebastian, this is Chris saying we'll talk to you next week.